Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Here's this week's message. We continue looking at 1 Corinthians this week, and uh, we're in chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. This is striving for a crown. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it, and everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Word of God for us this morning. Solomon says it's great uh, to have power. It's great to have control. But if you can't control yourself, it's not worth much. And that's so true. Conquering a city is nothing compared to conquering the habits that enslave you. Controlling an automobile is nothing compared to controlling your temper or your tongue. So what is self-discipline? We all need self-discipline. The Bible uses the word self-control and temperance to describe this quality. It is one of the fruits of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's from Galatians chapter 5. It is one of the Christian graces that we are to grow in. Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. That's from 2 Peter chapter 1. So self-control is extremely important. And the reason self-discipline is so important for us to develop is that we don't have anybody telling us what we have to do to live the Christian life. By that I mean I don't have anybody telling me how many hours a week I have to read my Bible, or anybody making me attend all the worship services, or anybody telling me how many hours a week I ought to pray, or anybody telling me invite so many neighbors to worship, or anybody telling me how much I have to give to the Lord, or telling me I can't watch a certain TV show or movie, or making me visit those who are sick. There's only one thing that will keep me doing from all these things, and that one thing is my own self-discipline. And it takes a lot more character to have the self-discipline to do something on your own than it does to be told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And we need self-discipline in every aspect of our Christian lives. Even the Apostle Paul was very much concerned about disciplining his own life. In the passage that was read at the beginning of this message, Paul uses the illustration of an athletic contest, a race. And that was a familiar thing to these Christians in Corinth. The Greeks had two great athletic events, the Olympic Games, which uh, we are very familiar with, and the Isthmian Games, which were held at the city of Corinth every three years. Paul uses this figure because to him, life is a race. 
These Corinthians knew that every athlete who participated in the races had to take an oath that they had been training for 10 months and that they had given up certain foods in their diet to enable them to endure the race. They subjected themselves to rather rigorous discipline in order to win. Paul says all that they are winning is just a fading pine wreath. But in the race we are running, the prize, the wreath, is of an eternal nature. Paul sees life this way. Our aim is to run the race of life in order to be a useful instrument of God, to be used whenever and wherever he wants to use us. That is Paul's objective. When he woke up in the morning, that is what was first in his thoughts. That is what set the tone of his day. He was ready to give up certain indulgences if necessary, which may have been perfectly all right and proper for him at a given time. But if they interfered with his objective to be what God wanted him to be, Paul said he would be happy to give them up. For him, the great objective was to win the prize and to feel the sense of delight that he was being used by God. Sooner or later, I suppose every one of us has asked the question, what am I here for anyhow? Why did I appear on this earth here in this part of the world at this time in history? And of course, the answer from the Bible is, God intends to use you. He wants you. He made you. He designed you with all the peculiar abilities you have and the unique talents and gifts he has given you that he might use you and that you might be pleasing to him. Now, in this figure of a race that Paul uses, it is obvious you cannot do that if there is no self-discipline. There is always something in life that will distract you if you let it. There are temptations to turn aside, to give up, to sit back, and let life go on and enjoy yourself. But all those things will sabotage your Christian effectiveness. That's what Paul is talking about. And so he says we need self-discipline. We need self-control. It has been said that discipline is what we need the most in our modern world and what we want the least. So we have a country filled with students dropping out of school, husbands and wives looking for divorces, employees walking out on their jobs, and Christians who are becoming unfaithful. Many of them simply don't have the self-discipline that it takes to see their problems through. They run from their problems. Look for the easy way out and quit when the going gets rough. Solomon once said, If you faint in the day of adversary, your strength is small. It's Proverbs 24. Days of adversity are going to come. We need to understand that and we need to develop the self-discipline to handle them. And that's why we need to develop our self-discipline. Everything in life requires some sort of discipline, whether it's hitting a baseball, climbing a mountain, playing a musical instrument, making good grades, it all comes down to a matter of discipline. Maybe people have ambitions that will never be realized, goals that will never be reached, visions that will never materialize simply because they have no discipline. The Christian life is no different. The church is filled with people who would love to be mature Christians with a tremendous knowledge of God's word but they're not willing to pay the price to achieve it. To truly know God's word takes a lifetime of study and dedication. 
I've read that John Wesley traveled an average of 20 miles a day for 40 years. He got up every morning at 4 a.m. He preached 40,000 sermons. He produced 400 books and knew 10 languages. And at the age of 83, he was annoyed because he couldn't write more than 15 hours a day without hurting his eyes. And at the age of 86, he was ashamed that he couldn't preach more than twice a day. He complained in his diary that there was an increasing tendency to lie in bed until 5.30 in the morning. Now, I'm not suggesting we all accept that kind of schedule. But it's still true that the person who learns the power of self-discipline is going to be the person who accomplishes great things. So what aspects of our lives do we need discipline? Well, first and foremost, I believe we need to discipline our minds, to train ourselves to think. You say, well, I already think. But in religion today, people don't think. They don't raise questions. They don't search for answers. They simply listen to what the preacher has to say and accept that as truth. Paul wrote to Timothy, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. That's 2 Timothy chapter 2. So we need to discipline our minds, but we also need to discipline our bodies. Paul says that bodily exercise profits a little. Our bodies are all we have to serve God with. And certainly it makes sense that the better we care for these bodies, the better we can serve. So we discipline our mind, we discipline our bodies. We also need to discipline our character. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable in all things. A disciplined body is of some value and is important, but a disciplined care, character is of greater value. So we discipline our mind, we discipline our bodies, we discipline our moral character, we discipline our appetite. We need to learn to make our body do the things we tell it to. We don't hear a lot of preaching about gluttony. Maybe it's because it hits too close to home for many preachers. But Solomon once said, Have you found honey? Eat only as much as you need, lest you be filled with it and vomit. Yeah. Has anyone ever felt sick after a meal? Like, oh, I ate too much. Or mm, those cookies were so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huh? We need to discipline our minds. We need to discipline our bodies. We need to discipline our moral characters. We need to discipline our appetite. And we need to discipline our speech. We need to learn to make... Um, our speech be disciplined. No matter how self-controlled you are, if you haven't bridled your tongue, you've still not. You've still got a ways to go. James says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this one's religion is useless. You may have a disciplined mind, a disciplined body, a disciplined will a disciplined character, even a disciplined act appetite. But a loose tongue will get you in a lot of trouble. We also need discipline in arranging, uh, arranging our priorities. The problem here is not in understanding what is most important. I think all of us Christians 
recognize that God and his church should hold first place in our lives. And we all know the words of Jesus, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Without hesitation, we would all agree that heaven is infinitely more important than earth, that people are more important than things, that developing our mind and character is more important than entertainment, that being busy for the Lord is better than doing nothing, that evangelism is the greatest task we can work at, that righteousness is more important than popularity. When confronted with those simple alternatives, we know which one to approve. We would say, yes, these are the values that are important to me. The problem isn't knowledge. We know that. The problem is actually giving first place to these values in practical daily living. And that is a matter of self-discipline. We need to discipline our minds, our bodies, our moral characters, our appetites, our speech, and our priorities. Discipline is a good thing and something that we need to work at, but there are some dangers that I think need to be mentioned as well. Some people may get the idea that achieving discipline is the greatest thing we can strive for as a Christian, but it's not. A right relationship with God is the most important thing. Self-discipline by itself doesn't make us right with God. In Colossians chapter 2, uh, Paul uh, rebukes the Christians in Colossae because some of them were laying down strict rules. Don't touch this. Don't taste that. Don't handle this. Thinking that those rules would make them right with God, but they didn't. The Pharisees were a highly disciplined people but their hearts weren't right. We always need to remember that discipline is only a servant to be used in our attempts to glorify God. Secondly, we need to be careful that discipline doesn't fill us with pride. There is a certain satisfaction in being able to control ourselves, but it's wrong when that satisfaction becomes a self-satisfaction. Such a disciplined person gives himself the glory rather than God. Like the Pharisee who prayed, Father, I thank thee that I am not as other men. So in conclusion, if we're ever going to mature as Christians, we've got to learn the power of self-discipline. I couldn't preach about attending worship services, studying your Bible, praying, teaching the lost, seeing to the needs of one another, getting involved in the work of the church and countless other things that we need to do as Christians. But it wouldn't do a bit of good until we develop the self-discipline needed to do those things. To develop the self-discipline we need is going to take a great desire on our part to want to change what needs to be changed, a willpower to see it through, and the power that God offers us through His Son Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Lord, we ask that you help us with our self-discipline this week. There are things in our life that are no doubt displeasing to you in controlling our lives. We ask that you would once again remember that when we became Christians, 
You send your Holy Spirit into our hearts to live with us. Help us to align our desires with yours. Amen.